You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Viking stock. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. How does everything feel now that you're out here, you're in uniform, you got the helmet, you're running oh, around? Oh man, it feels super real. I got the helmet on like you said, just out here having fun. What are you hoping to accomplish this weekend? Just to learn, just keep learning every day and just learn how to become a pro and be a professional about everything that I'm doing. Did they throw anything that was strange at you? Did it feel pretty natural? Or did it feel like? Oh, no, nah, I mean, it's football, so it's always going to feel natural to me. I just got to make sure, you know, it's another level, so I got to take another step and just learn how to prepare. Due respect to our guy, Darren Doogie Wolfson, there asking the tough questions for 5 Eyewitness News. The real MVP... Based on uh, some of the images I saw, the real MVP, and you heard his voice there, of Vikings rookie minicamp, Mike Max in Maxie. the navy blue oh. pinstripe suit. Good wow. fellows, man. I, uh, like, like he was, you could have put him in there with De Niro, Leota. It would have been great. It was a great suit. I'm not kidding. It was a great suit. I, I, why, can't, why can't you wear suits oh, like that to, to work? I was just going to say, Vikings practice. I aspire to ever wear a suit. Like that. I mean, a suit just start there, but then a suit like that. Oh my God, it was great. Yeah, that was uh, that was glorious, man. Mike Max holding it down. So uh, we are here today on this Monday with Judd's rookie minicamp observations. This is actually one of the low key more. We've done this, I think, three years in a row now with you coming to the table here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel podcast with your rookie minicamp observations. Kellen Mond, a couple of years ago, you had some Kellen Mond observations. <laughs> we should go back and listen to those if we could ever find them. We, yeah, we, we might want to burn that tape, actually. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jordan Addison is the voice you heard there off the top, and we will have a Judd observation on Jordan Addison. But uh, we're going to get into some Jaron Hall discussion here, the Vikings' fifth-round pick quarterback with your first couple observations. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling, based on how much interest there was in Kellen Mond a couple of years ago, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Jaron Hall is going to be the I – don't, I don't know if he becomes Mr. Mankato. He's probably the leading candidate, but I'm going to guess that he's going to generate a ton of interest among Vikings fans just wanting to know, how's Jaron Hall doing? And so, Jeb, we'll start that conversation today. This is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment, where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. And that's right. When we say daily, this is a 365-day-a-year show, even during the dead of the off season, mm-hmm. June, July – we are still here having a good time, talking Vikings, looking ahead. No matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. Learn more at TCL.com. All right, Judd, you were there without a suit, but you were there. Yeah, schlepping it around with a hoodie on. Hello. Yep. Unkept. No, um, you set us up. You have a, a, a handful of observations, and you tee up the first uh, the first one. However, you want. Let's do it. So, day one, and keep in mind this was a rookie camp. Okay, so like this was just it, it was like I am ho- holding a roster here, and the majority of these lads are like trying out. Okay, 
So it's like the draft picks. That's cool. But it's a lot of guys who they're like taking looks at. They probably build a file on a couple. Uh, but the majority of the guys on this list are obviously not going to be around long. That being said, the Jaron Hall thing to me, just from a starting point, is incredibly interesting because of this. And here's where I think it does differ from Mond. With Kellen Mond, Rick took a third-round quarterback that I don't think Mike really appreciated. I think Mike would would have shockingly preferred a defensive player there. And so, like, from the day that he got here, I sort of feel for him. Not that Mond could play, but, you know, it's nice to be given a fighting chance, right? It's nice to have an opportunity to be like, I'm being embraced here. Like, I'm going to improve. Um, With Kellen Mond, it quickly became clear that, unfortunately, that was not the case with him. With Jaron Hall, it's a 180 difference because where I'll start is, you know, Kevin O'Connell, not surprisingly spent a lot of that practice watching Hall, watching his mechanics, watching his day one. And thus begins what I think is a very important phase. And Jaron Hall is a fifth round pick. So he might never play it down just to be clear here. But I think it's a very important phase of, of Kevin O'Connell's head coaching career. Because what this is, is this is the first quarterback that he's had who is a project for him. So, so like, this is where, because KOC deserves a lot of credit for Kirk's success. Like, Kevin did a very good job and clearly got Kirk to do some things that, since he had arrived here in 2018, you guys, we hadn't seen. But the reality is, Kirk Cousins also had a lot of polish there. Like there was a lot, go- there was a lot going in that O'Connell might have honed, but he certainly didn't get complete credit for. Jaron Hall is a piece of clay. He is a quarterback clay, and this becomes now really the first coach I think since Denny, as far as developing quarterbacks, who you like watch and you're like, this guy has a chance to develop a, a guy. Let's uh, before we get to this, let's play the first clip. Ben Gessling, Star Tribune, just ask O'Connell about the first day of of Jaron Hall as a quarterback here. You know, picking my spots today, I tend to maybe overdo it sometimes. And uh, I've got some great coaches and want to let those guys really form that initial relationship, that initial bond. But um, I'll spend a lot of time with Jaron and um, I'm a big fan of his. Love the way he came out and uh, commanded a group of guys that are learning a bunch of information for the first time. And, uh, you know, there were some ups, there were some downs, and that's what we expect. Um, And then ultimately... Uh, just trying to give him tangible, real things uh, that Monday morning comes around and, and the vets walk in here and he's throwing alongside Kirk and Nick uh, that he's got some real tangible things that he can work on every single rep. How about that plane? Um, <laughs> that's great. I mean, that thing's basically on a runway. That was actually Mike Max's private jet yep. right there no, uh, to it, pick him up. From- it was Kirk. Kirk's like, I got to get there right now. Oh, he's talking about he's talking about my replacement. Exactly right. <laughs> So that was the first portion, and and that's important, though, because, yes, I mean, O'Connell's smart. He's going to say the right things about, you know, his quarterback coaches, right? But you know at the end of the day that he played a huge role here, Phil, and and there is a lot of pride here because if you can get this guy, again, just to a point of being a serviceable National Football League quarterback, that's a start to what I think the expectation for KOC in addition to Jaron Hall is going to be. Well, and it's, you know, and obviously it might sound crazy what I'm about to say, because if you look at pretty much all of the quarterbacks, the Vikings have drafted in the third round or later historically, and I will go through a quick list. Mm -hmm. 
there is next to zero chance, if you just look at this list, that Jaron Hall becomes anything other than a clipboard-holding backup-slash-camp body, right? Kellen Mond was a third-round pick. Mike Wells, Steve Dills, although Steve Dills got a little run. He did get run, yes. But I don't think anyone would say that Steve Dills was like a corner piece uh, franchise guy in the 80s mm-hmm. for the Vikings. John Hankinson, Chad May, Declan's guy, John David Booty. JDB. Chad May, Kansas State. I, I remember him in training camp, yeah. 1995. Yeah. Steve Bono. The Vikings drafted Steve Bono out of yeah. UCLA. He actually wound up getting a little run with like the Niners and some other teams. Mm-hmm. Gino Toretta was a seventh-round pick. Wade Wilson was an eighth-round pick who was the starting quarterback off and on for a few years. Mm-hmm. The first starting quarterback I remember as a kid was Wade Wilson, and he was an eighth-round pick. Mm-hmm. Tyler Thigpen, Brad Johnson was a ninth-round pick, and he worked out as a multi-year starter for the Vikings. Nate Stanley and then a bunch of dudes that were drafted in the 60s, 70s, and 80s in the 11th or later rounds that do not exist anymore that were just guys, right? So on one hand... We can talk all we want about, oh, look, you know, look at some of the productivity in college. Look at the tools, the mobility, the leadership, all this stuff. But it's really hard for the Vikings or any other team to find a starting quarterback after the second or third rounds. Kirk Cousins is one of the few diamonds in the rough that you find in the fourth round. Russell Wilson. But I agree with you. I think Kevin O'Connell, I don't think he looks at Jaron Hall as like, well, well, the numbers would say that there's no way we're going to find a guy in the fifth round. I think Kevin O'Connell and Quasey to some extent, but this feels like an O'Connell pick. I think Quasey said, all right, so we're not going to draft a quarterback in the first round. We weren't able to trade up all of our future first-round picks for Bryce Young. And so which of these other guys do you like the best? Hendon Hooker, Jaron Hall, do you like the Stanford kid? And my guess is, educated guess, KOC had a huge, huge say in which of the quarterbacks they took a flyer on. Mm -hmm. I think he views Jaron Hall as a guy that, hey, if I coach him up, and we get him in this system, and he's playing with these weapons, in a year or two, he can absolutely, if needed, be the starting quarterback. I think that's his vision for Jaron Hall. Now, do they fall in love with another quarterback, and they have the ammunition to trade up in the first round next year, and Jaron Hall becomes a you know just a guy in camp again? Maybe. But I, yeah, I don't think KOC is viewing this as just, I'll spend some time with him. I think they're going to truly try to be hands-on, ball of clay, and develop him as if, he was going to take over for Kirk Cousins. Agree completely, which gets us to the next question, which I asked about actually having to deconstruct a quarterback's mechanics to build them back up to be a true professional. How much does he have to be picked apart a bit, broken down, uh, just from things that you see that you know probably instantly aren't going to translate to playing yeah. QB here, Kelly? Yeah, I think it's a great point. And, and how you do that, how you deliver that information, um, I don't know if at the quarterback position you ever truly want to break them down all the way, but it's, um, it's watching, evaluating, and then giving them clear-cut um, coaching points with real tangible ways of fixing those things. Um, and then when they do it right, it's the positive reinforcement of that's exactly how it should look every time. May I suggest? It's a great point, too, by the way. Wow, Thank you. Dude, great. First of all, yeah, that, can, can what, I please what get an the, amazing I, question. It's been a long time wow, since our guest list ask, now is very small. A good question. Good question. But can I judge. please, you know, well, because I'm asking, I mean, that's going in depth. That's a football football question. In fact, you know what? That deserves the football sounder, I think. 
this guy. Football. This guy right Because we're breaking it down. It's, it's a top It's media quarterback guy talking to coach QB guy. But may I suggest this in being incredibly uh, positive and maybe a little bit Pollyanna about this entire thing? May I suggest that this is, if nothing else, a really good test for O'Connell as, as well to do exactly what we were talking about, Phil. But, I mean, this is the first. So he's been a coordinator. He's been a, a position coach before. But this is his first chance as a head coach to sort of oversee what he wants exactly, right? Because, like, if you're working for the Rams, it's McVay's baby, and you get a say, but it's not it's not yours. I think that part of what I really like about this situation is they drafted the quarterback who O'Connell clearly likes, but just as importantly, too, it now gives him an opportunity to get into, this is exactly what I want as well. And he's a smart enough guy. Guess what? He'll probably do some things that, in retrospect, he would change. So, again, having covered and watched this team for so long, and for so long there has been, I think it's fair to say, a certain ineptitude towards quarterback development for a long yes. time. May I say that for a young coach to get to start this process, I almost don't care who the quarterback is, that that is going to be a really helpful thing because he's going to now have a list or a checklist or a thought process of, I did this with Hall and it worked. I did this, but I would do the third thing differently. Well, you just hit on, I mean, environment. And we we can sit here and going all the way back to Christian Ponder under Leslie Frazier and um, you know Teddy Bridgewater to some extent and and I would say certainly Kellen Mond for sure. Some of these guys might have just been busts wherever. Like it's possible that if Christian Ponder gets drafted by Andy Reid, I guess if you were going to take one coach to develop a quarterback, you would say I trust Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. I think Andy Reid's done a pretty good job. Christian Ponder might have been a bust under Andy Reid. Kellen Mond might have been out of the league, and he's still in the league technically under any coach, any system, any yes. regime, right? Agreed. But the Vikings have have had so many defensive-centric guys that either don't know what they're doing with quarterbacks or don't – like you said earlier, Mike Zimmer would rather you have just drafted a linebacker. Like what What? Like what he probably thinks, what's the point of this? What, do we, what am I going to do with – dude, my job's on the line. Yep. You want me to You want me to talk to Kellen Mond in the hallway? My job is on the line? So – you. Again, maybe Kellen Mond's a bust anywhere, but now you get a Jaron Hall in here, and, and again, maybe he's a bust anywhere. We're going to find out. just Because I know people are going to take what we're saying here, and we're hyping up Jaron Hall. We're talking about Jaron Hall. We're talking about the Vikings' offensive-centric environment and culture, and you have a much better chance of reaching whatever your 90th percentile as a player looks like in this environment with an offensive coach, an experienced offensive coordinator, weapons all over the field than uh, under Mike Zimmer a couple of years ago in this sort of desperate, panicked, defensive culture, right? So that's that's why I'm optimistic about Jaron Hall or anybody that they would bring in. It's part of the reason why Kirk Cousins had eight fourth-quarter comebacks last year. And the best coaches, too, have just been able to basically not take any quarterback and make them successful. But, like, look at Sean McVay. He took Baker Mayfield off the street, right, this year. Took him off the street makes a Christmas Eve start, beats a pretty damn good Dolphins team, right? Uh, you look at Kyle Shanahan, who can plug in almost anyone, it seems like, at quarterback, 
that offense can work. And it's not just Kyle Shanahan. It's a whole litany of systems and coaches and and words that that just make things easier for that quarterback uh, when, when he's under center. But those are the best guys. Andy Reid can take Alex Smith. He can take Chad Henney, and he's not worried about losing a playoff game, for God's sakes. Like, we've, we've seen crazy things happen where the best coaches can plug in so many random quarterbacks, and it's not a complete train wreck. And I think that's what Kevin O'Connell's obvious goal is here with someone like Jaron Hall, with someone like their next rookie quarterback, whoever it could be. That's what separates, you know, good coaches from these great ones. To fill that, the point... Real, real quick, the go, point that Declan just made yep. is it's funny because as you were saying that right before you, I was jotting down throughout these sound bites. It kind of feels like the great offensive coach minds in this league, they're almost showing off with random quarterbacks now. And Declan named a few. People kind of clown on Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy helped develop Aaron Rodgers, won a Super Bowl, 13 win seasons. The combination of Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore could just go win games with Cooper Rush. If your offensive culture and system is good enough. You can put Cooper Rush in if you're McCarthy. You can put Brock Purdy in if you're Shanahan. Declan named a couple guys. You can put Daniel Jones back in if you're Brian Dable and say, all right, screw it. We'll figure it out. We're not going to bomb the ball down the field like we did with Josh Allen, but we'll definitely put up enough points to win games. Is Kevin O'Connell one of those guys? Can he coach up players that might not otherwise be NFL quarterbacks? Can he get the most out of veterans and young players? There's one word here I think that becomes incredibly important, but when I say it, I'm not going to apply it to the people that you think I am. It's adaptability, but it's not of the players. The old school thing, the children's thing, was what? This is my system. We're going to run my system, and I need players that can do that. Look at what new. Look at what a lot of the new coaches and Andy Reid does. He says, no, 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 no. I have different ideas and systems that can work dependent upon the quarterback and adaptability. I'm going to give you a Vikings quarterback who I think got completely shortchanged by this. And it's not Ponder. Ponder's a first-round pick. Those guys are different. They should be able to at least step in and look competent. And Christian really didn't, okay? So Ponder is, like, to me, too obvious of talking point. I'm going to give you, I believe it was the last pick of the second round in 2006, the late Tavares Jackson. Tavares Jackson, if you go back and watch, had a great arm, and he had a skill set. And I, Laugh now, but I'm not joking here. He had a skill set. But you know what Brad said? Brad said he is going to run, I think he can run my West Coast system. Phil, do you recall how much, just yeah. from a starting point here too, like this position is incredibly hard. Do you remember how much Childress would offhandedly at the podium mention Tavares has to be able to spit out the play, which, by the way, yes. in the West Coast is this huge amount of verbiage. Like, we're, yes. we're not talking green 80. We're talking, <laughs> we're talking verbiage for days, okay? And far, well, he, used to, he literally would call it a kick-ass system. Yeah. Right? But, but the point is, put Tavares Jackson with, with or a guy, I should say, like Tavares Jackson, with a Kevin O'Connell, okay? Kevin O'Connell ain't going to say, hey, Tavares, if you can't run my system, we're screwed. He's going to say, what can I do? And so this is, I don't care who we're talking about. The important thing here for all of these guys who have ideas for days is to condense them, consolidate them, and make them as easily and digestible for the players to understand. And that's what a lot of the old school guys, I think, failed to do. And that's where Andy Reid 
gets a ton of credit because I think he adapted that. You know, another guy, just as we're mentioning, Andy Reid from the Andy Reid coaching tree, Nick Sirianni. So Sirianni takes over in systems and processes. His press conference when he came in to take that job was a disaster. But uh, he comes in, takes that Philadelphia job, and if I'm not mistaken, I think I think Jalen Hurts played like a handful of games the pandemic year. They had kind of benched Carson Wentz, and I I think he had played a few games in that 2020 season. Yep, Doug Peterson still had not been fired yet. But the big knock on Jalen Hurts, the reason why he fell to the second round is, boy, accuracy issues. He was benched in the national title game, like couldn't rise up in a big game. And so, boom, stock balls. And then his first year, right? yeah, he can run a little bit, but 52% completions. He had a 34 QBR. Just like, he, yeah, he can run, but he, you, you can't trust Jalen Hurts to be the quarterback of a team that aspires to go deep in the playoffs. Nick Sirianni, the majority of his work from 2013 through 2020 in San Diego and Indianapolis was with Philip Rivers, a statue pocket passer. So he comes in with his systems that I've, I've worked with Philip Rivers for the, the past decade, basically. And he comes into Philadelphia and says, oh, yeah, we don't need to. We can, hell, let's, let's, let's build something that works for Jalen Hurts. This will be great. And they bump his completion percentage up from 52 to, like that whole Brad Childress thing. It's actually infuriating when you think back on it. And like you said, maybe maybe Tavares Jackson would have been a dud either way, but what if Tavares Jackson would have played in the San Francisco read option offense that Colin Kaepernick got to man, right? Yep. Yes. The, you know, the Greg Roman style offense. Something like that that would have played to his strengths, his mobility, his rocket arm, get outside the pocket, use your mobility, and uh, yeah, who knows what would have happened. He's probably still a bust. Don't get us wrong here. But we're just talking about, like you said, adaptability at some point, would the Vikings go from the things that work for Kirk to the things that may work for the successor or Jaron Hall or whoever it may be? And I think, to your point there, I think that KOC, and it's probably not with Jaron Hall, but I think he's itching to do exactly that. Like, think about it. In what he wants to do, if your quarterback can get outside the pocket, have a good arm, and is more athletically inclined than Kirk, there have to be that. That's the point. Is I, I think we're graduating now, and I'm not po- positive of this across the league, but it feels like it. I think we're graduating to a point where we are seeing a lot less of it's the West Coast system, right? It's this system. I think yeah. what we're seeing is yes, there's elements of West Coast, but they're mixed with things, and so coaches now because th- this game has graduated to a point of chess on a weekly basis. And that's the thing is, I think it's not necessarily that O'Connell wants to jettison Kirk, but do I think that Kevin sees potential with a quarterback who's different than Kirk? Absolutely. No question yeah. about it. Do we have another clip, a KOC clip here? Or do uh, we play two? Oh, uh, we played two. We played two we do? Okay. on the KO, and then there's one about uh, Byron Murphy. Byron, yep, yep. Okay, so hold on. And by the way, I was wrong. I, I thought Sirianni... Uh, coached a couple of years under Reed in Kansas City. He did not. They missed each other. So he's not part of the Andy Reed coaching tree officially. But I think the mindset of being able to be adaptable. Yes. So don't don't kill me too much in the comments. But, oh, here they come. Um, we've got more Judd's rookie minicamp observations here. I'm going to tweet it right but now. Sh- Mackie, you fraud. Oh, sorry, what? No, go ahead. Fire away. 
While you're tweeting it, why don't you tell people how they can lose weight, Judd? Okay, you know what? I'm going to put the phone down, and I'm going to, t- to tell you a very important thing because um, you can lose. How would you like to lose up to 10 pounds by Memorial Day? That's right, right around the corner, and you are walking around 10 pounds lighter. Is that possible? Yes, with my friends from Livia Weight Control Centers. Their doctor-recommended program not only is going to help you drop as much weight as you want, but most importantly, it's going to help you keep that weight off. Imagine that. Imagine it gets to July and, man, the pounds are gone and you're feeling great. And then, the most important thing, you keep that weight off. Now you're saying, okay, Judd, that all sounds great, but What's the deal? Do you have a deal for me? Of course I have a deal. Join today and receive three months free. That's right, three months free. Get summer ready now by calling 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A or going to Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. Again, three months free, 10 pounds off by Memorial Day. The only thing you stand to lose is weight, and that's a good thing. Uh, Speaking of being healthy, by the way, by the way, our friends at Athletic Greens with that AG1 product about six years ago i discovered athletic greens ag1 is like nutritional insurance to start your day one scoop mixed with a bottle of water you got your full allotment of nutrients for the day 75 high quality ingredients that give me important daily nutrients it's oftentimes the first thing i consume in the morning just to get that blast of nutritional insurance or it could be something early in the afternoon to help combat brain fog and energy levels dropping. It also helps with my gut health, replaces my uh, daily multivitamin. Again, 75 high-quality ingredients to give you nutritional insurance. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash purpledaily, athleticgreens.com slash purpledaily. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. All right, uh, the rookie minicamp observations continue, Judd. I cheated a little bit here, too. I I snuck in a question about a guy who was not on the field on Friday, and that would be cornerback and probably what you would consider to be the Vikings' marquee free agent signing, Byron Murphy Jr., and I asked O'Connell if what we had heard about him playing outside and inside in the nickel when they went to that package was accurate, and this is what we heard. On Murphy, is the plan right now to have him be an outside corner, Kevin, to start? Byron? Yeah. Yeah, I... Inside in the nickel. Is yeah, the I, I think uh, as he's done in his career, um, you know, recently in Arizona, you saw him in those base downs play an outside corner position and then seamlessly transition inside uh, to be one of the better nickels, in my opinion, in football. So uh, Byron's off to a great start uh, every single day. You just get a feel for, you know, the type of movement skills he has, the experience he has uh, in kind of a wide variety of doing different jobs. But at the same time, you can tell he loves football. Um, he's showing some some real leadership traits as well of just every single day he shows up to this building with a mindset of what he wants to get accomplished uh, alongside his teammates. So really, really off to a great start. Glad you asked about him. 
Oh wow! Look at you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this we are just, like, you know, it's is, like, oh, dude, it's, this is some oh, collusion. It's like, it's look like this. It's like this. He sees a great football mind. He's like, yeah, Zolgas. So oh, yeah. glad you asked him. So, yep. you know what that is too? I think that's a that's a subliminal message from KOC. Hey, quit asking me about these rookies. Like half these guys aren't even exactly. going to be. <laughs> these guys are know, playing point, in the John. third preseason game for God's sakes. Let's. Uh, this is a real football man. Stop over here. asking this. about the slappy list and let's get into the meat and potatoes of what Byron Murphy Jr. is going to mean. Wow. Can I what say, a I love this. The former lead Vikings yep. beat reporter. Well, you don't lose your fastball. And start to me you don't lose your fastball. Come back more crafty now. I mean, the <laughs> fastball's a little bit down, a little, but you know what? I'm throwing a sweeper now. I'm throwing a sweeper. Okay. That's why I'm so good. That's what that um, So I love this, and here's why. I thought Shannon Sullivan in 2022 was a disaster. In a very in a very important spot. The other thing I love is this is you are going so for the most part, that room is young players, second year guys and rookies, right? Mm-hmm. You guys remember when one of the best nickel corners in the game, Antoine Winfield Jr. was jettisoned, and they said, Yeah, you know what we're gonna do? And we're we're like, no, what? We're gonna move Josh Robinson inside. And we're like, he's never played there before. And they're like, ah, we'll we'll train him. Okay, the nickel corner, and I don't care if you played it in college or not, in this league is a different, complex animal. It's totally different. Here's what I like. They are clearly going to bring in and have young corners compete outside, which is where, and I know that's not an easy spot, okay? But when you're talking about the confusion that occurs inside with routes, with it's sort of a hybrid, in my opinion, cornerback linebacker role. When you're going to remove any of the young players from having to concern themselves with that, and they just have to learn the principles and fundamentals of what you want from your cornerback, advantage is enormous. So, Murphy can start outside. That's that's great. I think you're in, in nickel fill. What like sixty two percent of the time? Yeah, that's funny. I was just trying to pull it up on time. PFF. So basically, they're going to be in the nickel more than fifty percent of the time. Yeah, I think it's sixty I, something now. So call it two thirds of the time, give or take. Right. So what you're saying is Murphy, the two thirds of the time. Yep. Murphy's going to be in the slot. He's going to be in the nickel spot. Correct. Because Kevin O'Connell thinks he's one of the best at that in the NFL, which is great. But if they're in the base defense, he's still going to be on the field most likely. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. But you open now, I think, lots of games, you start with three corners. So, but I just, I like the fact that they're not going to now, like, take a young player and, and force feed that player that spot. It's not that you don't want them to play there and develop there in practice. That's important. But if you just say, okay, it's going to be tougher here, but you're going to play a position that you know well. I like that. Okay, I'm thinking back. So it's been, yep. it's been 10 years since Antoine Winfield departed. And then it's funny because he never played again. I think he probably had another year or two left. But went to just, Seattle, and I think he decided to retire. Maybe? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think he decided to retire. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the only – Nickel cornerback that's been competent is Captain Munnerlin, a veteran that they signed. He wasn't great, but he was at least like he, he could kind of do the job, could make some tackles and whatnot. Have they had any other? I mean, it's been just a revolving door, I feel like, 
yeah. with Chandon Sullivan being the latest. Yeah, who, who was the nickel cornerback to, like in the 2017 season? Was Trey Wayne's on the outside. Yeah, Trey Wayne's. Trey Wayne's was Xavier. outside. Xavier Rhodes was outside. Let's pull up that 2017 Vikings defense. It's like even when they've had great defenses, it just feels like oh, year to year we're trying to figure out who the nickel cornerback. Yeah, you know is, what? Right? I should know that. I forget Let's who played there in 2017. Okay, I got your. Uh, I got your PFF uh, defensive snaps open here from 2017. Okay. We have cornerbacks that played the most snaps. Xavier Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Terrence Newman played a lot of slot wow. that year. It's kind of a hybrid. So, again, another veteran. Yeah. So the only ones yep. that you've trusted are Terrence Newman, Captain Munderland, and, and Anton Winfield because it, there's just a lot to account for. When you're playing in that position, your head is on a swivel. You know, there. I mean, there's crossing routes. There's there's so many different things you have to worry about, and it's just hard to put a guy in there that has basically no NFL experience. So I kind of I kind of love that he's confirming that Byron Murphy is just going to handle that. Yes, this guy's been in league. Plus, he it's funny because he's a veteran. He's been in league for four years, but he's also not even 26 years old yet. Mm-hmm. Or if he is, he just turned 26 years old. Mm-hmm. So there might and he comes from a dumpster fire organization. <laughs> yes. So there might be more to learn too. Yes. Congratulations, you're going from. You're going from one of the worst organizations as voted on by the players themselves to having Brian Flores be your coach on a daily basis, one of the more respective defensive minds uh, in the NFL. Interesting. So, yes, that that to me is an incredibly smart move, and it's going to – I think it's going to allow Flores and the defensive coaching staff to basically, with a group of young players, focus them – where they should be. Um, I've just always, I've always thought this whole thing of, well, we'll just move a guy inside. Like the days of the nickel corner being, uh, oh, we'll figure this out on the fly. Those days are long gone. So Mackenzie Alexander was. was Oh, that's who it was. And and he was, oh, he was awful. When he came back, that's right. He was just brutal. But he was also, I'm pretty sure he was, he was a slot guy the first time around for like two and a half years. Yeah, I think he had he, he had was, a couple of good flashes in there, yeah. but his first go around with the Vikings wasn't horrible. When he came back, that was yeah, he that was, was bad. a dumpster fire that when he came back. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Anyhow, uh, okay, I know you don't have a clip for this one, but I'd love a Judd rookie minicamp observation on the first round pick, Jordan Addison, if you could. Well, we already played the clip off the top of the show, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, have your have your finger on the football sounder, because what I'm about to give you is a tutorial on what happens on the grass and X's and O's, okay? Come on! Football! Jordan Addison, first of all, does not have, in my opinion, killer straight ahead speed. It's not bad, but it's not like, oh my God, did you see that? But here's what he has, in my opinion. And I saw this a bit. And again, it's against air. So this is a day one, one practice observation, but it's never too early to try to assess. He has football speed. He has football speed. And I'm going to combine that with another S word. He has football savvy. Um, The whole route running technique thing, like you could clearly see he's going, he's going at full football speed where some of the guys who he was, working with in this practice. And keep in mind, it's a lot of guys just being brought in. But he's going to full football speed, and they are, they're trying to do it. Um, but the thing that is going to separate him is his ability 
to not, you know, crush in the 40-yard dash, which I've never cared about. I think that is one of the most overrated football things. But his ability to know exactly where he's supposed to be and run his routes precisely, and that gets you there quicker and in a better way than a guy that can't run a route to, to save his life but can win every race. You know, this, this, I think this reference is going to go beyond Judd because he wasn't like an early 90s video game guy. And maybe this is before Declan's time, but old Macadac used to play a ton of Mario Kart for Super Nintendo. Yeah, remember Mario Kart. Oh, yeah. In fact, uh, there was, and I think still is, a world ranking website where you can like take a screenshot of your, you know, for me, it was like a Zenith TV back in the day. And you can, <laughs> yeah. you can like post your, your time trials. At one point, Old Macadac ranked in the top 50 on, I think it was the Mario Circuit 1 time trial track with one of the fastest times in the world. It's pretty much the only thing I did in, like, high school and college when I had free time was play Mario Kart. Wow. Anyhow, so uh, the bigger racers, like the Bowsers and the, uh, is it Bowser and then uh, Donkey, Donkey Kong. Kong? That was my guy. Straight line yeah. speed. Those guys, are those are the fastest cars in Mario Kart. Oh, wait. Once you get them going. But if you pick Toad, for instance, Toad has great handling skills. Mm -hmm. Straight line speed, he's going to lose. But a full lap around a track with twists and turns, Toad's going to have the tight handling that you need to get around some of the corners, right? Mm -hmm. That's Jordan Addison. Jordan Jordan Addison is Toad in Super Mario Kart. Tight handling skills. You only really need the straight line speed once you've caught the ball and you're trying to outrun defenders, right? Like, that's pretty much it. So give me the guy that can zigzag his way in and out of breaks with tight handling, precision, and catch a pass 18 yards down the field. And if he gets tackled, all right, whatever. It's a 20-yard game. Mm-hmm. So I kind of love this. kind of feels like unleashing. We were talking last week. We were doing some Timberwolves discussion on our other show, uh, Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. And Jaden McDaniels went down last summer to the Jamal Crawford Seattle Pacific Summer League. And it was Jaden McDaniels going into year three in the NBA against a bunch of rookies and some non-NBA players. There's a couple NBA guys mixed in. And he drops 53 points. To me, that's that seems like Jordan. Ad- Jordan Addison seems like an advanced rookie compared to the guys that he's practicing with right now. So it's not shocking that he would look like a more polished football player when up against some of these guys that are just trying to like get to the next section of their uh, NFL careers by making training camp roster. And I think too. So the, the difference here is Cordell Patterson was a gifted athlete that couldn't run a route. So eventually. Somebody said, let's find a creative way to use him. They, they did. And he's had a very nice career because of that. But let's go to Laquan Treadwell, who was just an absolute bust. And I got a question. Was Laquan Treadwell a bust because he wasn't that fast or because he lacked the precision to run routes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Flatter. Rhetorical question. Yeah. Yes. But, I mean, I do think that it was a precision problem. And this kid, I think, can run routes, and I would far prefer that than, man, he is really fast, but we're going to sort of have to, to teach him how to run routes and catch the ball. Troy Williams. Yep. Yep. Yes. I mean, Chris Carter is the great example in Vikings history of a guy that I don't know what his 40 time was, but certainly in his late 20s, early 30s, that dude wasn't outrunning anyone on a football field, and he still caught 115 passes, 12 touchdowns you know, 1,300 yards receiving. Mm-hmm. So give me the route running. Give me knowing what you're supposed to do, where you're supposed to be. 
I, th- I do think there's a certain threshold of athleticism. You do need, there's a certain Agreed. level of size you need to get away from big cornerbacks. Yes, you're right. Off the line of scrimmage, there's a certain level of speed you need to outrun because you're still going up against fast defensive players. But if you can reach that threshold, all the other stuff is what's going to take you to the next level. So, but look at that football. breakdown! Wow, football, a lot of positivity football. too. A lot of positivity. So, for anyone who says, "Oh, sports dad, you are always full of of anger on Mondays and you hate our teams." <laughs> I hope you take this episode to heart as me pouring out what I saw in a positive way. Look at this. You get a guy uh, get a guy out at practice for the first time in a few months. And Here's a he guy. beams with positivity. He bonds with the head coach. The head coach and I? Great questions. Yeah, it's like, it's it. like you get a beer afterwards, too? Christmas at my house or yours? You do Thanksgiving. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. That's what it's like. You know, <laughs> no, Kyle. you hang up. Are you no, still there? No, are you still, still there? there? I can hear you. you up on me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, we do have to celebrate a former Viking here in a moment, but a shout-out to our new friends at the Power Lodge. Power Lodge and Miller Marine. And, boy, we're finally into that 70-, 80-degree summer weather here for the next few months in the state of Minnesota. And Power Lodge is the largest Bennington pontoon dealer in the world. That means plenty of pontoons for you to get your throttle therapy. Get out on any of the 10,000-plus bodies of water with one of these bad boys, Judd. You and your friends absolutely you enjoying it. Oh, yeah, yeah. K- you and KOC. KOC will come out. Crazy will come out. Let him it'll, drive. Let him yeah. drive. It, it'll, be, it'll be a great time. But you know what? Summer is so short here, right? I mean, it's gone in the blink of, of an eye. What better way to enjoy it than on the water in that beauty, I mean, it is absolutely a perfect match. You and that beautiful pontoon. So uh, Power Lodge, locations in Brainerd, Anamia, Ramsey, and Miller Marine in St. Cloud. PowerLodge.com and MillerMarine.com. And uh, our new friends at Three Jack. If you're looking for a glorious combination of great food, great drink, and golf, Dex, tell them. What more do you need? In fact, I'm looking at their website right now. So you can reserve bays, okay? So if you want to get on your lunch break a little bit, how about head over to 3Jack, little $35 for a little half-hour simulator round. You get a nice chicken yeah. sandwich there, the steak sandwich, the fries, the loaded nachos if you got a big group. Uh, Judd, Mackie, and myself, we all uh, loved those as well when we went to 3Jack. You can go to 3Jack.com to secure a bay or... Just stop in at the patio on Happy Hour, okay? We finally have nice sunshine here in the Twin Cities and in the North Loop. One of the best spots to enjoy a cold one. Low-key, 3Jack Patio. Go to 3Jack.com to reserve a bay and go check out 3Jack in the North Loop. And thank you guys for supporting our partners here. If you support them, they continue to support us, and uh, we get to keep doing this on a daily basis. So thanks to to all of you for uh, helping keep the lights on here at Score North. I think we have to celebrate... A former Viking winning a professional football championship over the weekend, boys. That's right. In an upset, the uh, the Arlington Renegades, I think Bob Stoops coaches the Arlington Renegades. They were under 500 in the regular season. They come back and they, they just go gangbusters at the end of the season. And they win the XFL championship in large part to left tackle William Beavers. Willie, Willie Beavers. Beaver, left That's tackle? Right. Way to go, Willie Willie. Beavers. Way to go, Willie. I wish I had the flag for you. Earliest earliest draft pick in his draft class to be cut. Didn't even make it out of training camp in a fourth-round pick, who I think came back here for a cup of coffee again. Oh, my God. Way to go, Willie. I have no idea if he plays or not. Maybe he might be their starting left tackle. I legitimately have no idea. But I know that he is now 
and no one can ever take this away from Willie Beavers, an XFL champion. So congratulations, <laughs> Willie Beavers with the Arlington Renegades. How'd you even find Commanders that? last year? How, how'd you even find he, he was on the roster? Couple, there, a couple people on Twitter sent me a note that Willie Beavers is. I don't know if he was like holding up a trophy, but some people somehow knew that Willie Beavers was on the roster. God, so. He's almost thirty now. Yeah, he's 29 years old. He'll be 30 years old on October 2nd. He wow. was with the Commanders last offseason. He signed with the Commanders on June 14th of 2022, placed on injured reserve prior to final roster cuts, and then he was released on October 18th. So there it is. Willie Beavers. Willie Beavers, congratulations. Nice wow. work, folks. Thank thank you for identifying a Vikings draft legend. Being so if you guys could click the subscribe button and the like button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, it helps spread the word about this awesome community that you guys are helping us build. And the same goes true on uh, the Apple podcast page, too. If you listen on Apple, a five-star rating and a positive review help us climb the charts, help us spread the word about the show. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. This is Purple Daily.